Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Bear Down Bears fans, welcome into the Chicago Bears podcast. I guess Wednesday is becoming the guest day out here because we have a special guest in the building. 2023 fourth round draft pick for the Chicago Bears. Roshan Johnson is in the building. Roshan, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm, I'm excited, man. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Roshan, welcome to Chicago, man. I know. Uh, all the Bears fans are thrilled to have you. Uh, myself, personally, I'm always, you know, an advocate for any time we get great running backs here in Chicago like yourself. So I was thrilled when the pick came in. Uh, we got another Texas guy here in Chicago. So congratulations, man. Welcome to Chicago. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. First quarter. So, I mean, as we get into the first quarter, this is our first segment of the show. Um I got to ask you this because everywhere you've gone, I mean, I I went back to how they talked about you in college, how they're talking about you early on in this Bears uh, uh, process, even you at rookie minicamp and stuff like that. Everybody starts off at first talking about your leadership. They talk about how much your your presence in the room and your leadership in the room is is seen and felt by everybody there. What gives you right? What 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 gave you that confidence to just be a leader in every room that you walk into? Because the first thing they talk about with you is like, man, he's a leader. Oh, he a good running back too, by the way. Like he can run the football as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just the way I go about my business. Uh. I, I mean, I ultimately believe that like your peers let you lead. Like you don't, re- you don't really just go in a place just automatically leading. Um, yeah. Like you kind of have to earn that respect amongst the people uh, in the organization. So, uh, I mean, I, I feel like once I, you know, show who I am as a person and just show how how I work, I think leadership kind of kind of falls along with that. Yeah, which I want to ask you, you know, back at Texas, obviously we know football brings about the best competition amongst us all, and. Uh, you were in that running back room with Bijan Robinson, uh, who got drafted in the first round this year. Uh, what are some of the ways that you and Bijan pushed each other on and off the field? Uh, yeah, man, we, we we did a lot of stuff together, um, and really just kind of you know perfected our crafts on and off the field. Whether that was you know in practice, um, going against going against the defense, uh, if he made a play, kind of that letting that motivate me to make a play or, you know, us just kind of, you know, playing off of each other to make sure we kept things rolling on, on the offensive side of the ball. And then as well as off the field, you know, as being leaders on the team, trying to take charge of, you know, galvanizing the team to, to work towards a common goal. I mean, we, 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 like it wasn't necessarily a competition amongst each other, but uh, it was definitely motivating just to see him do his thing and to see him kind of watch me do my thing. And then, uh, also, from a spiritual spiritual side, I mean, everybody knows Bijan is a real uh, faith driven guy, and I think that that motivated me and, and vice versa. So, yeah, I think in a lot of different ways, we uh, we helped each other and just ultimately, you know, make each other better as men. What was that? What was that moment where y'all were in college where you're sitting there and you're like, "Hey, man, you you did that. That was nice. Now let me show you what I can do on this play." And then he come back at you again. Did y'all have that back and forth moment where y'all were talking on the sideline a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's been a lot of moments. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it's been a lot of it's been a lot of different moments. I mean, probably the most memorable is probably the OU game because it was just like they weren't stopping anything. So <laughs> okay, he he went in, he made three people miss, and drove down a score for a touchdown. And I get in, I run somebody over, or I do something. And it was just kind of like going back and forth. But I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of instances whether it's been in games or practices. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Rashawn, I want to go back a little bit. So, you get to you arrive at Texas. You're an All-American quarterback in high school. You get to Texas. And you've had some great coaches there. You had uh, Stan Drayton was a running back coach when you when you got there. who's currently the head coach uh, at my alma mater, Temple University. And then he leaves and he uh, – then you get um, Tashar Choice as your running back coach. Uh, running back who played in the league for a long time as well. 
Talk about how those two guys developed your game and how they developed you as a running back uh, to help prepare you for the NFL level. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Drayton just kind of showed me the ropes of like the ins and outs of the position, like what to look at, how to use your body, how to, you know, pretty much play the position. So a large, a lot of credit goes to him and him just, you know, taking me under his wing and showing me just how to even play the position. And then uh, I think along with Coach Choice, uh, he just taught me how to enhance my game. Um, from the moment he came in, we sat down and watched film of my uh, games from last, from last that previous season. And uh, he just pretty much, you know, told me the things I needed to work on and helped me work on those things. And I, I definitely saw the progression as it, as the next year came along. So, yeah, both of those guys just helped in my development and just uh, are a big part of why I'm even here today. When you when you look at the league that is here now and that you're about to come into, is there somebody that you looked at getting yourself prepared that you were like, oh, I feel like I kind of run like him with your size and and how you how aggressive we've seen you run, right? Like, is there somebody in the league that you were like, I I see my my style and what he does. Uh, initially, I, there was really nobody. Like, I would just watch kind of everybody. Because, um, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I didn't really I – mean, I didn't start playing a position until I got to college. So, it was like I really just kind of watched everybody. There's really nobody that I just, like, watched and mimic. But, uh, wow. I mean, I started playing the position. I kind of noticed uh, guys that I, I really like watching or like Arian Foster. Uh, Matt Forte was a big one. Hey. Um, when I was trying to, like – just kind of see who I kind of resemble, like body style and just how I, how I ran. Uh, Matt Forte, Aaron Foster, and then um, uh, James Conner a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think I, I probably of all the guys that I've watched, those those three probably be the most. Yeah, Rashawn, having played quarterback and having to understand coverages and things of that nature and then making that transition to running back, how do you feel that helped you as a running back understand pass protections, different things that, you know, defenses were trying to do that enabled you to be able to pick up that blitz uh, from your time playing quarterback? Yeah, I definitely think uh, it helped in just flipping how I see the field. I mean, as a running back, you're always taught to, you know, for one, look at the front and then look at the linebackers where they displaced, um, you know, are they tipping off or giving any tendencies? Are they tipping off blitzes, things of that nature, but from a quarterback's perspective, like, you got to look at it, the whole picture. So um, you kind of read the defense from, like, top to bottom. Uh, so you're key in safeties, uh, seeing how they play in relation to backers and ultimately trying to get a beat on what they're doing um, through the safeties and then and the, and the, the Sam, Nickel Sam. So, like, it's just a, a way of flipping my vision to where I can see things before they're happening as if a quarterback would that I feel like a lot of running backs, you know, they just, they've never played the position that way. So, like, it's not really something that they're used to doing. So, I think it kind of helps me just identify things and just, you know, even see checks before they're happening. I mean, it was good just to go in minicamp and uh, just to kind of know um, what, what, what the kill play was or if they're about to, if the quarterback was about to kill the play before he even did it. Um, just kind of seeing things before it happened. So, yeah, it definitely helps me play faster. With how loaded this backfield is, right? It's you, Khalil Herbert, there's there's uh, Deontay Foreman. There's so many names here that that we feel like there's going to be this this real running force on the Chicago Bears, which is what the Bears have been known for forever. What gets you most excited about being added to this backfield? What's got you most excited about coming to the Chicago Bears on the offensive side that you see that you're like, yeah, this this is when we do this. Oh, this is going to be nice. We're going to be able to make this happen. Uh, yeah, I think just getting to learn from those guys and then, uh, ultimately just kind of competing with them. Um, I think it'll just help me become a better player. And then ultimately from the film that I've watched, uh, the run game seemed to be in good shape. I mean, it, I, when I watched the run game from last year's team, uh, there was a lot of good on there to build off from. So, uh, And I think with Justin um, and along with, with, with Chase and DJ, I think they'll – They'll kind of grow with each other. They'll kind of mesh together. And I think it'll be something that the, the league hasn't really really seen from Chicago in a minute, in a minute. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential that, that that's left there to be untapped. But, I mean, ultimately, we got to put it all together and go do it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, Rashawn, um, for a young rookie in this league to earn playing time, you know, the key is being really good on our special teams, something that you did well and excelled at at Texas. And I know Coach Hightower, 
uh, came out and said that he was pleased to see how you performed, you know, on special teams during rookie minicamp. Uh, but what are some of the things or what are some of the personal goals that you have as a rookie uh, for yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's just to kind of showcase all the, the variety of things I can do, whether it be on special teams, uh, on offense, uh, you know, catching out the backfield, running the ball, pass blocking, really just kind of everything that I can I can provide for a team. And, uh, you know, spending as much time as I can with Coach Hightower, just asking him questions and, uh, you know, just making sure I'm being present and, and just getting better at it because uh, I mean, special teams in the league is different from, from college and the rules and all of that stuff. So just kind of learning and just, you know, trying to perfect my crap as much as I can. How do you think your game's going to change playing with a quarterback like Justin Fields? We know what he can do as a dynamic runner. We, I believe that he's going to take a big step as a passer in this NFL this season. How do you think that your game is going to change having somebody who the defense is going to always be watching as a threat to take off or make a play with, with his arm on the move? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really think it'll change my game a whole lot. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited to kind of play with a, a, with a dual threat. Um, quarterback because I feel like it kind of it always kind of gives the, the defense that little extra bit of hesitation to not fully commit with the run because he can take off with it too so yeah. Um, yeah and I think like you said I think he'll definitely progress uh, this year as a, as a passer and ultimately um, you know just kind of keep the defense on their toes and uh, I feel like ultimately when you can, when you can do that and kind of manipulate the defense from a mental standpoint uh, I mean that, that makes it that much that much sweeter for the run game so yeah, I think it'll deal. He'll definitely, uh, he should definitely develop and ultimately just help out the, the offense as a whole. Yeah, as athletes, you know, we're always trying to work on our craft and perfect our craft. And, you know, for you, what is, what is one thing this offseason that you've been trying to improve or what do you feel like there's one area of weakness that you've been really trying to develop, uh, you know, this offseason? Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, Blocking goes. I think my hand placement can be a lot more consistent, uh, whether that's on uh, offense or special teams. Because uh, uh, special teams, especially, it's, it's harder to, to block people necessarily. So, uh, just trying to be more consistent with that and just working my bur- my overall burst. Uh, I feel like any player can benefit from just being faster. Uh, so, just trying to harp on that, and making sure I'm uh, you know exploding and and I was just creating that separation for myself. When you're when you're talking about what's going to translate, right? Everybody says that, that I can do this from college. I can make this. This is what my tape is. Blah blah blah. What do you think is going to be the one thing that you already have in your arsenal that's going to translate quickest to the NFL? Um, I mean, the good thing about what we uh, what we did at Texas, we ran a post style system, so. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're doing is very similar to stuff that we did at Texas. So I think the mental side of the game, I think that won't be a huge translation. It's just a matter of me getting down the the terminology that w- that's different uh, in Chicago as opposed to Texas. So, uh, but the philosophy is re- relatively the same. So I think from a mental standpoint, I don't think that'll be a crazy big jump, even though it will be different. Um, and then from a physical standpoint, um, I mean, uh, I, I, I think I think we're we're kind of trained. I mean, uh, like we said, I was coached by Tashar Tashar Choice. Uh, he played in the league for an extended amount of time, and he uh, he kind of like trained as a, as if we were in the league. So, uh, I think from a physical standpoint, I think just my style would just translate from from in every aspect, whether it be passing, um, pass blocking catching out of the backfield or running the ball. I think our, the, the demeanor in which we practice and in which we play, I think that should translate. Yeah, Rashawn, everybody, you know, they talk about you're a high-character guy. You know, you have, you know, genuine leadership. And I want to talk about, you know, your time at Texas, you and Bashan obviously in the backfield together. And the way this transfer reporter is, you, you could have left and, and started for a handful of programs around the country. Uh, what was what were some decisions and, and factors that that made you stay at Texas? Uh, yeah, um, really, just kind of that whole situation. Uh, it was just something that I thought you know brought me closer to God, and just kind of asking Him what He wanted me to do. Um, and ultimately, I think for one, I think I felt like the team needed uh, a leadership component in order to you know 
just win. I think uh, that was something that we just we needed. So uh, and along with that, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, showcase all the things that I could do, uh, not just on on offense, but special teams as well. And then I feel like my role that I had within the uh, offense was increasing as well as I as I went to my junior and senior year. So, uh, I mean, I thought I could build off of that. And then ultimately, I feel like God was telling me to stay and, and you know, just compete and just kind of showcase what I could do and I would uh, end up in a good spot. So. Hey, man, we appreciate you for showing love and, and pulling up to the show. We really do. Um, the one thing I will tell you coming to Chicago, one thing you already have probably been indoctrinated into this. Um, we don't mess with the Packers. Yeah, you know I mean, like we, we got to I need I need 150 yards from you in that game. They run defense ain't that good. You know, what I mean, hey, it is, you know what I'm saying? And then um, it's cold up here. This ain't Texas, my boy. So um, buy your coat here. Right. People don't tell y'all this when you come from out of town. Buy your coat in Chicago because <laughs> it's built for Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I appreciate that. For sure. well, I'll tell you what, well, John, your, your, your game, the way you play it, it is built for Chicago. It's built for basketball. And I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm thrilled for you. Go out there and, and I know you're going to give it your all. And I look forward to watching you play, man. But once again, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, see you soon, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Have a good one. All right. Was Roshan Johnson joining us on the Chicago Bears pod? J Mac, what you think, man? What you think about the kid? I like him. You know, I like. Him. I went back and uh, you know watched some more film on him. And uh, you know, the, the thing that I like about it is, you know, I t we talked about asking the question about him. You know, playing. I, I'm not going to say behind, but alongside Bijan. You know, a lot of guys nowadays. You know, when you have that competition, when things don't go your way, they want to leave. And the college has given guys that out through the transfer portal. So you see guys in the portal, in and out of the portal. They've been with two or three programs throughout their college career. But you know, we talk about all the skills and the attributes that he has. And loyalty is one of them that I think is not mentioned a lot because he stayed there, you know, despite not getting, you know, the amount of carries he may have wanted. And he stayed there because he said he wanted to be a leader for the program. He wanted to be a leader for his teammates. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. speaks volumes uh, volumes about the man and who he is as a person. And, you know, I really like that. And, I, and I'm glad that he's going to be in Chicago because now you have a young, hungry running back who, like we said before on the pod a few weeks ago, doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body because he didn't carry the ball, you know, uh, over 300 times in his career or whatever. Uh, so you got a young back here who can do all things. I mean, he's solid in pass protection. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run out on the perimeter, and he can run between the tackles. So I'm really excited. I think his game's going to translate well uh, for what that what we're trying to do up here uh, in Chicago and the run game that gets he's installed there. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Where do you see him slated by the end of this? Like, I, I've, I've come out with my mm -hmm. world prediction. I think he's going to be our starting running back. I think by week right. five, but I, I think he's going to end up being our starting running back at some point. But where do you see him slated? And how's that, from a player standpoint, player standpoint, right, affect the mindset of the guys that are ahead of him who are hearing how the Bears are talking about Roshan coming into the organization? Yeah, I know, you know, Khalil Herbert and obviously Don, uh, Deontay Foreman, another Texas guy, who they hear, they hear, you know, Roshan and they hear the things that's going on with him and all the praise he's beginning from the coaches, staff, and obviously the media. But at the end of the day, you know, these guys are going to go out here and compete. You know, this yeah. is Khalil Herbert's opportunity to be the lead back now that uh, David Montgomery's up there in Detroit. Deontay Foreman's coming off his best year when he got his opportunity. He almost ran for a thousand yards and averaged four yards a carry. So it's going to be a lot of great competition in this backfield. And as we know, competition brings the best out of all of us. So I'm looking forward to seeing these guys compete. Um, you know, I don't know where he's going to be slated. It just depends on how fast I think he can pick up the playbook. Yeah. Um, you know, the quickest way for a young back to get on the field is to excel in pass protection, something that we saw Khalil Herbert struggle with last year, along with uh, Deontay Foreman. So yeah. if he can show that he has that ability to be able to excel at that and be better uh, be better in that skill than, than anybody else in that running back room, he could see the field faster. Um, another thing that he has going for him in terms of ahead of those other guys, you, you know, we got to mention Travis Homer and Tristan Ebner as Absolutely. well. 
if he can be a four-phase special teams guy, well, he brings a lot of value there because I think the first place we'll see him on the field is on special team. And once he excels in that area, then, you know, the coaches feel more comfortable and say, hey, let's give him some carries. And that's how you earn your spot. That's how you, you know, you earn your way to be becoming a starter is earning the trust of the coaching staff, your position coach, and your teammates around you. Man, I'm I'm so excited to see this kid play, man. I think I, I don't think he's gonna be on special teams that long. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think he's gonna be one of them dudes that's like, hey man, yeah, let get him some run on special teams. Hey, hold on, hold on. Hey, no, <laughs> no, no, you ain't, you ain't with them today. You're not with he, them today. <laughs> he's gonna have to earn it because I know the the competitiveness, uh Khalil Herbert, he's not yeah. trying to let that spot go. Deontay yeah. Foreman, you know, he had a taste of, of being the lead back there in Carolina last year. Yeah. He did well. He wants to come here and establish himself. Uh, so, you know, you Travis Homer's on a two-year deal here. Tristan Eber knows he didn't have the best rookie year. So it's going to be some great competition, you know, in, in that running back room. But the good thing for us is, you know, we have all of this talent in one room, young talent at that. Yeah. And we know we excelled in the running game last year. So I look I look at the, uh, the running game taking another step forward, uh, you know, better than what it did last year. Hey, man, that was the first quarter, a little extended first quarter. That's all right, man. Uh, as we head here into the second quarter. Second quarter. Loving what we're seeing here from this from this podcast. I'm not going to lie. And I, 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 I think that we're bringing some really good insight. We got J-Mac out here dropping bars. We, I mean, like, come on. Dog. You're not getting this nowhere else. I keep telling y'all this, man. Don't turn the channel. It ain't a channel. If you're watching us on TV, shout out to you. But uh, as we get into the second quarter here, J-Mac, I want to get into, yeah. right, it's schedule release week. We now know that the Chicago Bears will not be playing in Germany. We got mm-hmm. that, that drop to us today. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, back and forth on that uh, around the, you know, around the building. <laughs> but uh, we now know they're not going to be playing in Germany. We've got the home. We've got the away games. I want to preview some of these games and talk about Mm -hmm. what you realistically think. I don't don't know if I want to do the wins and losses thing, but like how you think the Bears fare versus a team like that? Because when I look at this schedule, especially our home schedule, Mm -hmm. I don't I think it's all based on how the dates fall. Right. But we've got the Arizona Cardinals. We've got the Atlanta Falcons. We've got the Carolina Panthers. If we can get them in the cold. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If we can get them in the cold, I'm not here for bear weather either. I'm not a believer in bear weather. But what I will say is it is a stark contrast when you come from Atlanta to Chicago in December. Man, I recall we played so a little story here. We played the Atlanta Falcons Sunday night football. The temperature at Soldier Field was like negative 10 degrees with a windshield. And Michael Vick was at quarterback. I recall seeing him looking up on the jumbotron, you know, on the sideline with a big old, you know, snow coat on and sitting yeah. there freezing. I'm like, oh yeah, he tapped out. He don't want he doesn't want to play anymore. I mean it's, it's a huge factor. I mean even, even for us, you know, we had a thing in our running back room, Pat, to where you couldn't wear any sleeves. And best believe, you know, me being from Florida, Florida kid, I wanted to put on sleeves so bad, Pat, but I, and I was freezing, but it was a mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that you can uh, give yourself a competitive edge, whether it be mentally or physically, we were going to do it. So and we had a rule that you couldn't wear sleeves. So, you know, we're putting on the, the, uh, the warm skin and the Vaseline, but I tell you what, <laughs> it was freezing, freezing. Yeah. Y'all wasn't out here doing the Joe Namath, was you? Wasn't that Joe mm-hmm. Namath that said he was taking Viagra to keep warm on the sideline? <laughs> Y'all wasn't out here doing the Joe Namath, was you, my boy? No, like... man. No, man. <laughs> not at all. But I'll tell you what, though. Man, when uh, they used to give us uh, chicken broth on the sideline, you know, to keep your body warm. Okay, all right, cool. It's the drink. And, and you go get chicken broth, Pat, and in that, in that temperature, you go to drink that chicken broth and you tip it over, it's, it's ice broth. It's an icicle. It's a chicken pop. Like a chicken icicle pot, man. Dang. It was crazy. And, and I remember in the huddle, and when Lovey would call a timeout, I remember me and T. Jones would throw a tantrum because we're trying to get out of there, man. We yeah. Let that clock keep running, man. Let, it <laughs> run. <laughs> let that clock run, man. It's cold out here, man. So, yeah, I think I think having that, that that uh you know, the elements and the weather definitely gives us, you know, a, an advantage. You know, I love to see – you know, Kyler Murray come running ahead in, in, in a freezing cold soldier field. So let's hope we get all those teams, you know, here in the later months. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that I, here's the tough part, right? I'm not a big believer in bear weather when it comes to most of the teams, but I think for the teams that if it's hot there in that moment is such a stark contrast, but look, bear weather ain't worked in our favor. But I'll take any advantage that we can get. You know what I mean? Like, listen, uh, another team that the cold is not going to affect that I think is going to be interesting coming in here is the Denver Broncos. We've seen the the changes that they made. We see how they've they've kind of changed, uh, uh, um, major change, right? Sean Payton back is in the in the uh, coaching sidelines now, um, working with Russell uh, Wilson, who uh, I believe Sean Payton has never had a losing record with any quarterback he's worked with. I expect a serious bounce back from Russell Wilson this season. What do you think that with the Denver Broncos coming in uh, and how they've kind of tried to rebuild what they? collapsed upon last season. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect coming to uh, Soldier Field? Yeah, I mean, any any team that's coached by a great coach, a great offensive mind and innovator like Sean Payton is going to be a well-coached team. And, you know, Sean Payton, you, you had Drew Brees, and now you have the luxury of trying to revitalize the career of Russell Wilson, a guy who's played some high-level football here in the NFL for a long time. So, you know, I'm actually excited to see what Sean does. You know, Sean is, has had success you know, everywhere he's been. He's moved up throughout the coaching ranks. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see if Russell Wilson can bounce back. Um, I know he had a terrible season last year. Uh, let's hope he doesn't have a great game, you know, it, it, when they come up here to Soldier Field. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited. We know he can handle the cold. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see what they do. I think it's going to be a good game. But it's a good treat for Bears fans because you get another team trying to turn a corner just like ourselves, you get to see them perform in Soldier Field. And uh, things are going to be a good matchup. I think that's the interesting thing, right? When I look, it, and here's the tough part, right? Like you, you're trying to, I, for me, I try to put like the Bears fan away when I talk about the team. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. But I try to put the fandom away and I try to be realistic. But when I look at our home schedule this season, not to say mm-hmm. I think the Bears are going to go out here and win every game at home, but we do have a lot of teams that play in domes and or warm weather situations. You got the Vegas Raiders coming yeah. in with Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I don't think he's used to the cold no more. I think he's uh, – although he does come here and beat Green Bay. I will give him that. He came here and beat Aaron in the winter, so maybe that don't mean nothing. Uh, but, I mean, you got the Cardinals. You got the Falcons. You got the Panthers. And then you got your teams within the division. Like, I look at our home slate and I say, do I think we're going to win every game? No, but do I think that every game is winnable – I kind of do, minus maybe some of the teams that are in the division. Maybe the Vikings will be a little tougher at Soldier Field. Maybe the Lions are, are I think they're going to take another step this season. But I kind of feel like we've got a lot of winnable games on our home side of the slate. Yeah, and we look at it, too, on the home side. You know, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the Raiders. Jimmy G is almost like a homecoming for him. You know, he's, yeah. I think he's a Rolling Meadows grad, I think. Yeah. I don't, don't want to get I, it I wrong. Believe, I believe he went to uh, EIU uh, with Yurko, did he not? Yurko yeah, and him, both EIU grads. So he's been yeah. here, Eastern Illinois guy. Yeah, and uh, Sean Payton's an Eastern Illinois grad as well. So yeah. he, uh, you know, he gets somewhat of a homecoming here. Um, so I, I don't think the Colts really going to affect him. Uh, it's a good opportunity for, for us to go against, a, a, you know, a team like the Raiders. Uh, when you look at the other teams that that is going to be a soldier field and what the Bears fans will get will get to see. You know, we yeah. talked about the Carolina Panthers earlier. Well, you know, we've got an opportunity to see Bryce Young, the number one pick that obviously the Bears traded away and yeah. got all the picks and DJ Moore for. So we got an up close and personal look at at Bryce, uh, you know, Bryce Young. And we'll also, you know, give DJ Moore an opportunity to go against his old team. You talked about the Falcons as well, Pat. Well, we talked about the impact that Roshan Johnson could have on this offense and possibly earning, you know, a starting job. Depending on where this game is placed on the schedule, we could see a faceoff between a B. John Robinson and a Roshan Johnson in that Falcons game. So, Bears fans, you're getting some treats. We're getting some some really good good home games, a good home schedule for you guys to see up close and personal. Let's hope that they're winning treats. That's the goal. You know what I mean? Like we got we got some uh we got some treats, but it's like, ah, I don't know about this. The away schedule, I will say this. Um, I'm just hoping for anything close to 500 on the away schedule. Uh away schedule is gonna be tough. You got the Cleveland Browns. It's not the same Browns anymore. You're gonna have Deshaun Watson with a full season now, with full training camp, full OTAs. You're gonna have uh uh the Kansas City Chiefs. 
not in Germany, which I guess is is a little bit of a I, I don't know if that's an advantage. You're going to Arrowhead. Maybe Germany would have been the better of the two <laughs> situations. But I think for how young this team is, I going over there to another country and getting your butt kicked probably isn't going to help you a ton. Uh, hopefully they're able to come out with a win there. You got the Chargers on the road. You got the Saints on the road. Like I, I look at our away schedule. And I think that it is going to be very difficult to go into some of these places and pull out some wins, especially Kansas City. Yeah, a lot. Anytime you're on the road, it's just it's it's a challenge. You're traveling. You're not in your own bed. Schedule's different. You know what I mean. And then if you're you're going to a to a place to where you have family there, you got to worry about tickets. All of these things, all these outside factors, other than the X's and O's and what your job is on the game. You hated playing in Florida, didn't you? You hated hey, playing the Dolphins. I'm telling you, man. You go to Tampa Bay, you play Jacksonville, and you got your third and, and your, your your third and fourth cousin want tickets to the game. Hey, let's meet up. Let's go to dinner, and you get stuck with the bill. You're already mad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Spent all this money on tickets, <laughs> and now you know you, you take everybody to dinner. That bill comes and nobody has a wallet or everybody. Hey, needs you to go to you the got bathroom. a nephew, you know what I'm saying? You got yeah. a nephew, you got that football money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they think, you know, so you're already distracted. So anytime, you know, you're on the road, it, it, it's a challenge. But, yeah. you know, I look at, we'll kind of go down the list. We talked about the Cleveland Browns. Now, here's an opportunity for Justin Fields to get some payback because remember, that was his first start. I think he got sacked nine times of that game. Yeah. Not all his fault. Obviously, the game plan was terrible. I'm going to put it out there. was terrible in terms of the protection. 40-year-old Jason Peters one-on-one with Miles Garrett. What could go with, wrong? With no help. With no help at that, man. It was terrible. But, uh, you know, you, you, he is, has an opportunity to, to, to get some payback there. And that's a tough place to play, too. Cleveland is a tough place to play. Like you mentioned, you got Deshaun Watson, you know, trying to regain the form that he had before everything that went down. Uh, so I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, Detroit playing in Detroit is always tough. Last, I think the Bears got blown out when they played there last year. Yeah, our last and, one was bad. Yeah, yeah. And then you got, I mean, David Montgomery. I look at, I'm a huge, I was a huge fan of David Montgomery. Uh, you know, I was upset when he left, but that's the nature of the business. But now you got to, you know, we got our defense who now they got to face a, a motivated David Montgomery. You know, I'm sure he. He wanted to stay in Chicago, didn't work out, but now he gets an opportunity to go up against his, his old team. And anytime you get situations like that, you know, it, it's never good. I can recall we played the Cincinnati Bengals on the road one year, and that was after Cedric Benson, you know, rest in heaven to my guy, Seti B. Man, I remember Cedric calling me the week of the game, and he said, J-Mac, I cannot wait to play you guys. And, you know, I'm talking trash. I'm like, hey, Sid. You ain't going to do nothing, bro. You ain't got nothing. You ain't going to do nothing, man. You look cute. You look real cute with all them stripes and that Bengals uniform. <laughs> and he's like, all right, just wait. Just wait. And I can recall we got to the he hotel. This so bad. Man, Pat, we got to the hotel, and we walking in the lobby, and guess who's sitting there in our <laughs> in the lobby? B is sitting there. And I'm like, wow. And I tell you what, oh, I don't man. know how many yards he rushed for that game. You can ask Briggs. Briggs will tell you the same thing when, when, when Briggs is on on Monday. Ask Briggs about this. Couldn't stop him. Could not stop Seti B. And he was talking so much trash. And after the game, Pat, I didn't even want to walk out there and shake hands because he was, like, searching me out. Looking he knew for he was me. looking for you. Yeah. I got a man that was I I'll, I will never forget that game because I was a I was a big Cedric Benson guy. I thought that a lot of people in Chicago were down on him for not running out. Uh, um, what was that in the playoffs against the Panthers? I think I don't, I don't remember which game. It was. He doesn't run out of bounds, doesn't clock it. You know, we end up losing that game, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I always thought that he was a really hard runner. I thought that he was an aggressive runner. And I just knew, I remember going into that week thinking, hey, yo, he finna cook us. Like he about to go ham because you knew that it wasn't the best of terms that everybody dipped yeah. out on. So I was like, I know he's looking forward to this game. So hearing the other side of that story yeah, is so funny because like my whole, like I that game is so ingrained in my brain of just yeah. like, I knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he put it on display too, man. And it's, you know, and then 
And then what even made it worse, you got to hear about it, like, <laughs> for the next oh. few weeks. <laughs> you got to hear about it. Man, Cedric cooked you guys. But, you know, he was a great back. Like you said, him and him and Thomas Jones uh, complement each other really well uh, their time here in Chicago. So it's that was know, that was a good night, a nice little thunder and lightning that we had with that. Uh, another another team. I mean, listen, we, we haven't really got a, a real evaluation on it's the team that every Bears fan cares about the most. Right. What are you expecting to see from the Packers on the road going into Lambeau, Jordan Love? I mean, they still got Christian Watson. I was really high on Christian Watson last year. They still got some nice pieces on that team. They're just now inserting Jordan Love, who, listen, hopefully doesn't live up to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the hope here. But, like, I don't think that he's the god-awful quarterback that everybody's painted him to be either. Yeah, Bears haven't won in Lambeau since 2015. Dang, why you hit me? A long time, man. When you think about it. <laughs> you hit me with that. I, I don't even think I knew that. That's a long time. <laughs> it's 2023. And that just shows you, I, me knowing that just shows you the hatred that I have for that team up north. I don't even like to say their name, that team up north. That team up north. north. I got you. Right. So when you look at it, you got a young quarterback like Jordan Love, right? You mentioned the weapons that he had in Christian Watson. He's got Romeo Dobbs. He's got a lot of young guys in that receiving core. Yeah. Still some guys are unproven. But what he does have is he's got that dynamic duo of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I mean, those two guys right there, they've been doing it for a long time. And if you have a solid running game, that's a quarterback's best friend. So I think Jordan Love, you know, having having a chance to make the most of his long-awaited opportunity, I hope he fails completely. I hope he's a bust. But but at the same time, I mean, you've got that running game that's going to really help him, and I think they're going to really lean lean on that running game. But when you have a running game, you look at some of the things that Aaron Rodgers did and how he was effective in Green Bay is they they, they set up play action off of that running game really well. Yeah. And I think that's an advantage that Jordan Love will have, the fact that defenses have to respect those two guys in the backfield, which will open things up in the passing game for him. So – I, t- I still think it's going to be a tough task. You know, we have had a lot of success against them, but we get an opportunity to go out there and, and change the narrative with A-Rod not being there. Here's the wild part, right, for me. I am – I love a rivalry. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the Bears and Packers has been a rivalry. I think it's been we have stomped the mess out of them for 40 years. They have stomped the mess out of us for 40 years. We, I, I want, I want that. I think uh, Tommy Waddle said like in the 90s, it was or in the 80s, it was actually a little bit more competitive. Maybe that was Jerko that was on said it was a little bit more competitive in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, I want to see an actual rivalry. So I don't want Jordan Love to be good. But I want him to be good enough that the Packers can't get rid of him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like oh, I want it to be. I, I want it to be like, hey, listen, he's good enough to be competitive in every game, and we don't have a better option right now. I love it. <laughs> I, love it. What, I like where you're going. I like where you going. That's what we've had. Like I just want to <laughs> see competitive football in this rivalry. I don't want to see like 36 to three, and I'm just sitting here just like, well, you know, it happened again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I see where you're going. I get where you're going, but I do want to see us just beat the brakes off just, of them. Just dog you know, stomp them. Just, yeah. just dog, dog them, stop just them. humiliate them. I mean, coach, call your last time out with 10 <laughs> seconds left. I don't care. Do it. Do it, man, because it's a robbery. Hey, at the end of the day, right, I don't care if they're down. I don't care what they have. I don't yeah. care what they're lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't care what we're lacking either. Yeah. It's a robbery. I want them down. And I want to beat them like a drum when they're down at the same time. You, you kicking them while they're on the ground. You you um, got them down there. And you you throwing the extra kick in. I'm gonna I'm going to do the gritty on them while they're on the ground. <laughs> Don't gritty on them now. Hitting the gritty on them while they're on the ground. <laughs> oh man, for everybody, this is uh, Coach Mac. This is he, he. He's in charge of children who are going off to college to live great lives. No, I'm just playing, man. Hey, man. Hey, we had a long first half here. We got to keep this day moving along. But we've had some great conversation here as we get into halftime. J Mac, anything that you got that you want to promote? Anything you got that you want to let the people know that you got coming up? What's going on with you, my guy? Yeah, man, it's been uh, recruiting season over at the high school, Carmel Catholic High School. Uh, obviously, I'm a high school football coach, so want to give a shout-out to all the high school football coaches in the Chicagoland area. I feel like everything you guys do goes unnoticed. You know, high school coaches, you're the equipment manager. 
you know, you're a father figure, you're a mentor, you're a coach. I mean, they do a lot of things. They wear a lot of hats. So I want to give you guys credit. You know, I appreciate what you guys do. And, you know, to all, to all our opponents this year, guess what? We're coming for you. So I'm going to give you praise, but we're going to be ready at the same time. And uh, just have a lot of coaches coming through, Pat. Um, we've got a lot of guys on our in our program that have been putting in a lot of hard work and, and, is, and is being noticed. A lot of college coaches coming in. Uh, we had some colleges visit our workout this morning. I don't really want to throw out the college the names of the schools because I don't know all the NCAA rules and stuff like that. But it, it's been good. It's been good, man. You gotta, guys be, careful. Been you gotta be careful out here. Yeah, you gotta be careful, man. No <laughs> violations. I want my guys to go to college. You know, I want them all to get scholarships and, and things of that nature. So it, it's been good, man. I, I'm proud of the way that that they have progressed and and they have performed this offseason. And I'm looking forward to our to our home opener, our kickoff against uh Creek Monet High School, a team that is that went to the playoffs last year, and I think it's going to be a good challenge for us. Hey, it's it's going to be a. Uh, I tell you what, y'all seven and four last season, right? Yeah, seven and four, man. Seven and four, moving in the right direction. I mean, like how many how many kids you got coming back that already understand the system and all that? We got a ton, man. So last yeah. year we graduated only six seniors, and mm. the kids that we have our seniors this year is the first group of seniors that I actually have had for four years. So a lot of these kids I've known since they were in the third and fourth grade. And, uh, you know, the parents entrusted them to bring them to Carmel with, with myself and the coaching staff and all the resources that the school has to offer. So I'm really excited to see, you know, these kids having a taste of success and having, having had to play early and go through the growing pains. They're now battle tested and they had success last year. They got a taste of the playoffs, and I'm trying to see, you know, what their mentality is. You know, I don't want them to be complacent. Obviously, you want to, you know, enjoy the work that you put in and enjoy the results that you had last year, but we don't want you to get complacent. You get passed up. So that's the mindset and mentality that we've been trying to ingrain in our kids this offseason, and I'm looking forward to seeing them take the next step. we got a lot of great leadership on this team, and I think uh, it's going to be a great season. Hey man, send them to the league, bro. You you got them set up. Get them to the right coach. Get them to the league. That's the path. I love it. Uh, let's keep this thing moving along, man. Uh, as we get into the third quarter. Third quarter. Wanted to talk about this. I thought that this was a really good topic that we could bring to the podcast because everybody's talking about kind of what the Bears actually added this season. We could do a quick run through and just really around the NFC North, right? Because I think that's where we care about the most. Where do you think that these Chicago Bears different units rank, right? So I'll throw a couple units at you. Give me where you think they rank in the NFC North. Let's start it off with our wide receiver room. Where do you feel like our wide receiver room right now ranks in the mm-hmm. NFC North? It's a good question, man. You look at well, – I think the Vikings, then they got the number one unit. I mean, you look yeah, at – J.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they added Jordan Addison as well. So, I'd say they're number one. Uh, I, I Actually, you know, I like what we have. I think we're number two. You bring in D.J. Moore, you know, I'm expecting a big year from Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney get healthy. Uh, you, you draft the rookie Tyler Scott. Uh, so I like I, I like the Bears second. Uh, after that, I'm gonna go with that team up north. Uh, they've got you know Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, a lot of talent there. And then last, I'm gonna go with the Detroit Lions. Who's Detroit got? Marvin Jones. I'm in Ross St. Brown. Brown. Yeah, you know what? Ah, it's close. Green Bay and Detroit. Actually, no, I, I forgot about St. Brown, the brother of St. Brown. I forgot about it. It's close with those two teams. It's, it's, yeah, it's I, I was going to say the Lions. But I, now, I will say this. I think they only have Amon Ra. That, well, I can't say that. I, I do like Marvin, but Amon Ra. Amon Ra is a dog. <laughs> so I, I probably got them above the Packers, but I don't I don't think I disagree with your list. I, I think that that's why I wanted to do this, because realistically, when you look at our units, I don't think that we're that far behind everybody else, right? And it, it really comes down to just, especially, right, like the next unit, a unit that, that you spent a lot of time with in your playing career, uh, the running back room. How do you think our running back room slates out? Yeah, uh, man, first and foremost, that team up north, number one, you got Dylan and Jones. Uh, Detroit has, they got Demo. Uh, they drafted the young rookie from Jamar, Jamar Gibbs. Jamar Gibbs, unproven there. You know, he's got a lot of hype. I'm going to go with – it's a good question, Pat. I think I think we're second. I'm going I'm to go with us being second there. We got Herbert. 
You got Foreman, who almost ran for 1,000 yards last year, bringing another highly touted rookie, Rashawn Johnson, who we had on the show earlier. Yeah. We'll go second there. Uh, the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, man. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the, only why, the only reason why I'm ranking I'm ranking us and Dalvin's a beast. I'm a Dalvin Cook. Dalvin's a monster. Since Florida State, but I'm ranking us higher uh, on the list because I, I like what we have behind our main guys. I like what we have collectively as, a, right. as opposed to what the Vikings have collectively. I mean, that lead dog there is Dalvin Cook. And after that, you know, it's like, yeah. So, and then after that, I'm going to go with uh, who am I missing? Well, you had the Lions. You got Demo, and uh, so you got yeah, Lions fourth on the running back room. Yeah, I'm going to go fourth right there, man. I got got to go fourth. I don't think I'm mad at that because I think as much as I love Demo, I, I have no idea what Gibbs is going to be. Right. Um, what wherever he's drafted, it it is what it is. I think he's going to be a nice back, but they, I mean, they just dismantled that run, running back room, like our good running back room. Yeah, like they, I I have no idea what Detroit did with that. Like I, I get bringing in Demo. Okay, you bring in Demo. You got rid of Jamal, uh, uh Jamal Williams, and yep. then right, like you just trading guys away. Like I'm uh, uh DeAndre Swift. You end up trading him away. I'm just like, what did, like what happened yeah. <laughs> in the locker room? Yeah. Like did they hate each other? Yeah, I mean, and they compare Gibbs to, I think his comparison coming out was to Alvin Kamara. And, and I can see that, you know, going back and seeing some of the things he did at Alabama. But at the end of the day, there's only one Alvin Kamara. You know what I'm saying? You got to go out there and you got to prove that. So, you know, we'll see. Like you said, Demo, we know Demo's going to be Demo. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to face him twice a year now. But you just don't know what they have behind, you know, Demo. You got Gibbs. You got, uh, I think, a young guy they have is, Craig Reynolds, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he got some yep. playing time last year uh, behind Swift and Williams. But uh, you, it's just the unknown, man. You never know how these rookies' game is going to translate to the pro level. And, you know, us talking to Roshan about that earlier, you know, just because you had success in college, you know, in the NFL level, you know, you're not playing, no disrespect to these colleges, you're not playing Southeast Kansas, Kentucky State. You know, yeah. you're playing pro guys week in and week out, guys who are hungry, Guys who got mouths to feed, guys who's trying to earn contracts. So it's it's a different level. You got to take your game to the next level, or you know, you ain't gonna be here that long. I asked Lance this. What was that moment when you got to the league that you was like, oh, they hit hard here? Oh man, I got <laughs> man, this is, and I tell this story all the time, Pat. So rookie year, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Philadelphia Eagles had a crazy defense. They had Brian Dawkins. I mean, I can go down the list. Hugh Douglas, Troy Benson, yeah. Bobby Taylor was both their cornerbacks. And then their middle linebacker. <laughs> by the name of LaVon Kirkland. So <laughs> all you young Chicago Bears fans, I know my older Chicago Bears fans and my football heads know who LaVon Kirkland is. But for yeah. you guys who don't know, hit your Google, Wikipedia, whatever. LaVon Kirkland is about 6'1". He's about 300 pounds, can move. Played at Clemson, All-American. He's in Clemson Hall of Fame right now as a stud. Came over from Pittsburgh. I grew up watching LeVon Kirkland because I used to be a Pittsburgh fan. So we're doing nine on seven in training camp. I'm in the huddle with Donovan McNabb. I'm blocking for Deuce Staley. And I'm just in awe because I'm in the huddle with Donovan McNabb and Deuce Staley, right? So Andy Reid calls 42 Mike, which is just an ISO with me and LeVon Kirkland. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. First play of nine on seven, I'm a rookie. So I look up at Donovan. He's like, 42 Mike, J. Mack, and he wins. I'm like, oh, boy. I'm like, oh, boy. So I'm nervous, right? I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm in there thinking. I'm strapping up my chin strap a little tighter, biting down on my mouthpiece, getting my three-point stance, and I'm like, man, I got to go. It's showtime. Yeah. A little hesitation, breathing, Pat. Donovan snaps the ball, and I go in there, and I try to hit LeVar Kirkland with everything I had, and I promise you I thought I made a good block. And all I recall is looking up. Everybody yelling and him slapping me on the head, and my head's already hurt. And he's like, "Yeah, good job, Rook." And I remember going back and watching that film, man. He put me on my back so bad, and I was like, "Wow, this is the NFL, bro. This is the NFL." Now, who's the who's the person that you did get that good block on? Who's the first one you was like, "Yeah, I laid that boom on him." <laughs> man, a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, we get an opportunity to when you're a vet to take advantage of rookies and stuff like that. So. And I felt like I, I won my fair share, and in this game, you lose your fair share. So yeah. I think I won more than I lost. So I, you know, I'm proud of that.
Hey, that's all that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> let's let's keep it pushing, man. We got uh let's look look quickly at the defense, defensive side, and then we'll then we'll get into this last topic. A little bit longer pod for y'all today. That's all right. Danny will yell at me later. Um, on the defensive side, when you look at our linebacker room, at least on paper, where do you think that we rank in the NFC right now? NFC North right now. Yeah, I like it, man. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna man. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, a guy who I've been a fan on, been a fan of, you know, since he was in Buffalo, a guy I think the past five years has had over 100 tackles, been to two Pro Bowls. Yeah. He's got that range. He can hit, you know, he, he, he's got this man. I, I took a picture with, with him at the Bears draft party. He is every bit of 6'5", man. Like, <laughs> and I know I'm not like a – Six foot three, six foot two guy. I'm a five eleven guy, but he is. I mean, I'm looking up at him like, "Hey, how you doing, man? Glad you're in Chicago." <laughs> I'm even a tall guy, but he has the athleticism, and and I like T.J. Edwards. Uh, you know, I like. I don't know who's going to be on the other side: Sanborn, Dylan Cole, Noah Sewell. Uh, but I, I like what we have at linebacker, man. I think that. Uh, I, I, I think I, I like what we have. I think I'm gonna go with us number one, man. What about you? What, what do you think? It's it's some there's some units here, man. I I want to believe it, but I think the the production on the field, right? Like I want to go with the Bears number one. Mm-hmm. I I feel Packers is right there too, but the 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 thing for me is the the dogs up front. That's the room that I have the most question about, yeah. and I think that I believe I believe that Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards, Jack Sanborn, Noah. So I think you've got the makings of a good linebacking crew, mm-hmm. but to me, right, like how much are we going to see that play out on the field with? how much work they're going to have to probably put in if we're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. True. But if you're looking at it, if we're ranking it just on paper, obviously just on paper. Played just on paper, just in terms of personnel, who are you, who are you I would I would take Bears. I, I would take Bears one. I do think the Bears have the best names on this list. Um, two, I would probably go with, I, I would feel like Green Bay is still in that room. Um Vikings are again Vi- on paper. Vikings should be right there, right? Yeah. But we haven't seen that. That no. defense just hasn't been able to to show up the way that we've wanted it to. So, like, yeah, and I hope they never do. I hope. They don't well, I agree with you. You know what I mean? I hope they don't show up. I hope they stay confused. <laughs> I hope they don't figure it out. Give up a lot of points. I'm wishing all the bad juju on all those teams. I'm not mad at it, man. Uh, let's let's do one last unit, and then we'll get into this final topic. How do you like our DB room stacking up against the rest of what we've got here in the NFC North? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I mean, I, I like, obviously, you know, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon being in this in this system for the, for the second year, they're going to be more comfortable, so... Yeah, I expect both of those young guys to make more plays. They made a lot of plays last year, their first year in the system, because they're they have that potential. They're those type of players, but I look for them to take the next step. Um, Jalen Johnson, big year for him. We talked about him before. One career interception. You know he knows. Which that one's your favorite? Yeah, he's playing for he's playing for a contract. Yeah, he's playing for a contract, man, and and you know another question: Who's going to be that other corner opposite Jalen Johnson? Is it Tyree Stevenson? Is it the young rookie they brought in from Minnesota? Is it Kendall Vildor? Uh, so a lot of questions, you know, in in this secondary. Um, so I don't know, man. I, it, it's tough. There's a lot of questions for all these secondaries, you know, in the NFC North. I think there's not really one unit that just really stands out, you know, in, in my eyes. Detroit surprised me by when they moved on from Okuda. Like, I mean, yeah. you just- just got this guy. Like what? What? Again, another guy where th- I I just don't know what Detroit's doing with a lot of stuff, which is which is not not par for the course, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's Detroit, but right? Like I, I thought that you had a guy that you wanted to invest in and develop, and then you got rid of this guy really quick. Yeah, so think, yeah. questions there too. What what they get rid of him for? Was it a, a six round draft pick or something, something like that? Something like that. I, I I gotta I gotta look at that trade again, but I I remember just being shocked by like. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know, like, because Akuda's been in the league what two years, right? He came yeah. in, 
three years? Has he been in three years? Maybe he came in the year before Justin. I don't think he came in with Justin. Um, I think it was a year before. So he's been in the league. This will be his fourth year in the league. But three years with the Lions, and there just wasn't that. Not to say he was amazing, oh my God, but right, like I would think that that would be your investment into the guy where you saw him take a couple of steps last year. But hey, the Lions are the Lions. It is what it is. Fourth quarter. Hey, man, let's get into this fourth quarter. Do a quick run through because I do want to get your thoughts on this before we get up out of here. Like I said, a little bit longer pod today. Eric, you will be fine. That meeting will still be there. Uh, <laughs> J Mac, as we close this thing out, man. Who has the most pressure to succeed on the Chicago Bears this season? There's a ton of pressure to go around. Justin Fields, of course, a name we keep bringing up. I think I have an inter a little bit different take, but who do you think has the most pressure right now to succeed on the Chicago Bears? Coaches, GM, everybody can be involved in this joint. Throw George in there if you need to. Virginia, shout out to you. Love you, Miss, uh, Miss McCaskey. Man, I'm everybody, man. I mean, record last year with three and fourteen. Yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody's got pressure. I mean, this game, you know, the NFL, you know, we talk about not for long, but it's serious, man. It's serious. Like there everybody's got pressure, you know, to perform, to live up to expectations, to 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 even exceed expectations. You know, Getsy, last year was your first year being an OC. You know, second year, second year you get to uh, implement your system. You know, you got guys who are going to be in your system for the second year. Yeah. Uh, that wide receiver room, you know, all of those guys have a lot of pressure to perform. DJ Moore, despite what he's done in Carolina, has a lot of pressure to perform because, hey, new system, new team. Can you replicate the success you had in Carolina? Can you be the true number one that they brought you here for? Tra- traded, traded away a lot to get you here. Can you live up to those expectations? Chase Claypool, we talked about him. You gave up, what was it? We gave up a second round pick to get him, right? Didn't live up the expectations last year. Can that, that realistically turned into the last pick of the first round, too, because of Miami. So right. Darnell Mooney, you know, you got a lot to prove coming off coming off of injury. Uh offensive line. Braxton Jones. Are you can you take that next step of development? And, and be that left tackle. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's so many questions. Tevin Jenkins, are you the guard? Cody White here is supposed to be at center. There's so many questions and, and, and a lot of guys that, that have a lot of pressure on them. You know, Ryan Poles, second year, you know, did you pick the right guys in terms of these draft picks? Yeah. You know, Allen Williams, can you stop the run? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's now a that's lot a of different one. That, one, that one right there, that one right there. Alan Williams, can you stop the run is really the question of the year right now. <laughs> and, and I say Alan Williams, I, he ain't playing, but at the same time, <laughs> do you have the personnel and do you have the scheme to yeah. stop the run? Defensive line. Can you talk about pressure? Can we get some pressure, please? You talk about pressure. Can we just get some pressure? You know what I mean? I, and I hope they do because 20 sacks last year, that ain't enough, and there wasn't enough pressure. So we talk about pressure. Can we get some pressure? That's all yeah. we needed. Some pressure. Some. Pressure. some. I, I think. I, I think the to me, I, I I think that the most amount of pressure that this team has, unfortunately, is on your two youngest players on the team. I think you're talking about Braxton Jones. I think you're talking about Darnell Wright because literally they're being talked about. One, Braxton Jones, we didn't draft the left tackle. Ryan Poles believes in you. He 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 is putting you on this, not to say on a pedestal, but he believes that you're going to take this step very much like you did last season, that, okay, he's getting better throughout the season. We like what he's done. We like how he's developing. I think when you look on the right side, I know he's a rookie, but guess what? He's being tasked with the job of being the 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 – knighting force or, or the the shining force that's going to keep Justin Fields alive so that he can become the quarterback that we all hope that he's going to be. That's a lot of pressure on a guy that's like his first day. He's like, hi, I'm Darnell. What are you doing? You got to keep this dude alive so that he can be a franchise quarterback for a city that's never had a franchise quarterback. Oh, I right, bet. Yeah, I got you. Like, that, oh, day one? All right, cool. I got you. So I think that the pressure on them, well, I, I agree with you. There's pressure on everybody. 
But what you're putting on those two young guys initially, and I think that's why you move Tevin. I think that's why you have Cody go to center. I think that's why you go out and sign Nate Davis because you knew the pressure that's going to be on those young guys on the outside. Um, I think that that is just a little bit higher because it's literally right. Like if we're not good, he's sitting here running four thousand yards again. Yeah, and we and is is as good as. As good as a playmaker as Justin Fields is, and, and that feat is obviously a huge accomplishment, we don't want that. I want to have a thousand yard running back. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like if, if if he's going to take the next step like we need him to do, obviously it has to be in the passing game. Yeah. It's got to be in the passing game. You know, we need more explosive plays. Uh, you know, we need him to be able to go out there and he may have to win a game with his arm. You know, I don't think there's gonna be times now and, and defenses catch up. So, you know. These defensive coordinators, they're all smart and innovative. They've done watched all the film last year, all the quarterback design runs that Justin had, and you know, they know he took a lot of shots and, and things of that nature. So they know that Getsy, you know, he wants to limit that. He wants to scale back on that. And as you see, that's why the Bears bring in a Roshan Johnson. They bring in a Deontay Foreman. They bring in a Travis Homer because they know that, hey, we can't risk our quarterback getting hurt. We can't he can't be our leading rusher this year if we want to be a, if we want to be a playoff team, if we want to, you know, add more wins to, to that win column uh, from last year. So, you know, these defensive corners, they know they know that it's going to be a change. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Eric, wipe the sweat off you, bro. You're good, dog. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, we appreciate you guys for showing so much love. Appreciate J-Mac joining me every Wednesday. We just making Wednesday the guest spot. We got to get a new guest every Wednesday. We might as well just make it a thing. Let's do it. Let's we might as well it, just make it a thing, man. Every Wednesday, tune in. We're going to try to have a new guest on this mug. Uh, as always, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page if you haven't done so. And leave a five-star review, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that stuff. But you should be listening on the ESPN 1000 or ESPN Chicago app Monday through Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.